When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Shot on Score North and scorenorth.com. Long shot deflected. Saved by Talbot. And he got the pad on Pony Glass. Fiala has Hartman. He centers. Hartman scores! After video review, it's been confirmed that there was goaltender interference. Uh, we get a game seven. We're going to talk about that later on in the show here on Mackie and Judd. You can find the full Wild Ventline recap from last night on Judd's Hockey Show, part of the Mackie and Judd umbrella or family, if you will, of shows. Find that on our podcast feed. Judd's Hockey Show has its own podcast feed and our Scorn Earth YouTube channel. So uh, we'll get into some of that. We've got old tweets exposed here on this Thursday, but gentlemen... Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. It's uh, it's become a weekly holiday for us here on the show. I know Judd, Judd doesn't even sleep and on Thursdays. No. no. And at, at times we'll stray into Wednesdays and Tuesdays. Like we are, here's the thing. It's supposed to be on Thursday, but at times it gets abused a bit. And like we'll just start doing it on Tuesday. And they're like, no, you got to stop. You have to stop. But I'm sorry. Reckless speculation, as we always say, is a lifestyle. It is. And, w- and when it's a lifestyle, like you don't just play yacht rock on Thursdays, right, Phil? No, you play it. You play. Well, you play no, you do. Yeah, you, do. you always play <laughs> yacht rock. Yeah. Yacht rock well, is. I back. think. I think. I think Judd's saying it's not just exclusive no, but I, to Thursdays. Yeah, right? but I'm saying it's not exclusive to Thursdays. <laughs> it can be played on. It can be played on Thursdays, but certainly like Tuesday occasionally yeah. you'll be like yacht rock time. That's right. Well, let's get our guy in here. He is. Uh, he is the insider for inside information about your favorite local sports teams here in the Twin Cities. From Five Eyewitness News and from the Scoop Podcast, friend of the show, Darren Doogie Wolfson, and let's start with some Timberwolf stuff here. Let's just—we were talking off mic. Let's just let's just get to this Woj report from yesterday. Um, you've got the complaint. You're named in the complaint. Look at you. <laughs> I am named in the complaint. Yeah, Bravo. I haven't gone through the Bravo, entire complaint. Doogie. It's in my inbox. So the way it worked, it appears based on our investigative unit on the TV side is the Orbach side, Meyer Orbach, limited partner with the Wolves, you know, his camp gave the complaint, this happens oftentimes, gave the complaint to ESPN, gave it to Woj before it was officially filed. So it's now been filed. 
So it's now public knowledge. Anybody who wants to access the complaint can go through page after page. Yeah. But that's how ESPN landed it on Wednesday late afternoon. So here is the summary real quick. And then and then any information or, or insight that you have into this, Doogie, we're all ears. So um, so the, the main minority owner, who you just mentioned, Orbach, who owns 17% of the Timberwolves, is claiming that Glenn Taylor is trying to skirt... Um, I'll phrase it this way. That Glenn Taylor has structured this selling of the team to A-Rod and Lori in a way that skirts minority owners' ability to cash out on the sale of, the, of, of, of on their percentage of the franchise earlier. Um, as part of this complaint, it was revealed within uh, the write-up that Glenn Taylor has not been able to include official language in the sale that prevents A-Rod and Mark Laurie from moving the franchise out of Minnesota. So you've got two different components here. You've got the actual lawsuit, which is rich people fighting over when a minority owner can cash out, right? And to me, I you know I look at that and say, oh, great, Glenn Taylor, with poor communication and uh, weird structuring of this deal, has alienated another person close to him, just like he alienated Kevin Garnett. We can get into that stuff. Well, maybe. Can I stop you on that point, though? There sure. are limited partners, guys like Bill Pop. The Saunders family. I can just tell you that Glenn has communicated with those individuals that they can get their money sooner rather than later if they're interested in bailing. So I don't know the exact dialogue between Glenn and Orbach, but I can tell you Glenn, based on other conversations, has let these individuals know that if they're ready to cash out, like Bill Pop has been a limited partner for many, many, many years, bought in at a minuscule amount, right? You know, a long time ago, that minuscule amount now is now worth millions upon millions of dollars. If he's interested in in receiving that money, I'm just telling you, I don't have an exact date, but it's not like he needs to wait until the fall or the winter of 2023. Sure, but the but the big to me the big headline, which has nothing to do really with this lawsuit, is Glenn Taylor has spent the last two months to you, to WCCO, to the Star Tribune, lying about there being a clause in the contract that prevents A Rod and Mark Laurie from moving the franchise. Now, is it likely that they'll move the franchise to Seattle or Las Vegas? Probably not, because the NBA can get a lot more money in a in a two billion dollar expansion fee by expanding the league to those cities. Than by moving the Timberwolves, um, but there's other markets: Kansas City, Nashville, St. Louis. That I'm sure would love an NBA team at some point. So, so Glenn Taylor has spent the last two months saying, "You guys, no, they've." In fact, he was quoted to WCCO as saying they signed signed a contract that included a clause that prevents them from moving it. So he's been, in my mind, he's been lying for two months, and and now this is out there. So, anyways, your guys' thoughts on this whole mess that's come down in the last 24 hours. Well, go ahead, Judd, if you want to start, and then I'll pick up from what you say. <laughs> a John um, groan. I always because I can tell. I can <laughs> tell you are card. ready to unload, so <laughs> go for it. Okay. This, this is a situation where the Orbach suit will play itself out. These things always do. Um, it'll probably get It'll probably get – Settled at some point uh, down the road, who, who knows? But the moving, uh, the potential of the move and um, the fact that Taylor has spent this entire time trying to assure people that, you know, he's got a, I, I mean, th- 
For lack of a better explanation, you guys, this is Andrew Wiggins all over again on a much bigger scale. This look is me, the look me, look me eye. in the eye and tell me that you'll work hard. I, I, I mean, Phil, Phil uses the word lie and it's accurate, but I don't even know like if Glenn was purposely trying to lie to be a bad guy or if Glenn being Glenn, because Woj did uh, in the piece Woj did, which was really interesting. He has a lengthy quote from Glenn. If you that if you read. Not even between the lines, Doogie. Uh, he basically says the league wouldn't allow this team to move. He has um, told me so that it, a number of times, yes. Right. So it's very clear that he just felt emboldened enough to either stretch the truth and or just outright lie because his feeling is the league won't allow the team to move. And two thoughts off of that, Dukes, and, and then I'll turn this over to you. One is I saw a National Hockey League team leave this town, okay? The state of hockey last time I checked, we have labeled ourselves. Um, so don't tell don't tell me that a team is not going to move when supposedly our most popular sport or or second to, uh, to the uh, to the Vikings of football moved. So that's thought one. And thought two is very simple here. So for everybody, and this includes my brethren in the media, um, this includes the fan base, for everybody who says they're not going to move. They won't move if you build them a building. That's what this is going to come down to. And and for every and for and we're gonna get North Star's revisionist moving history here. And yes, Norm Green had problems uh with with a secretary. Yes, Norm Green had issues that caused him to move, but people forget that before the uh before the guns who owned the North Stars previous to Norm. Before they got the expansion franchise in San Jose Dukes, that they they got the expansion franchise and gave up the North Stars because they wanted a new building and weren't getting it. And they looked to move that team and were basically told, don't move them, we'll give you the Sharks franchise, okay? So before anybody, like, why are we, I guess my question is this, what good are we in this business doing by trying to calm the fears? The fears are real. The fear, and and like this assumption that Seattle and Vegas are are will not be will not get an existing franchise that might be right. I've seen weirder things, so I just it's it's frustrating to me when when people in our business try and calm people down when one they were lied to, which which they should be mad about, and two. I mean, from the day that this started, it's a Rod, one of the scums of the earth. Is last time I checked. It's a rod. I'd this still rather not- have him than Glenn Taylor as an owner. Well, and, right. I, and, I, and I and I don't think Glenn Taylor is a scummy guy. I'm but not saying you, that. But, but do you trust him? Of course you don't trust him. You know, Mark Laurie might be a genius. You don't know him from Adam. You don't know what his motives are. You don't know. But he's but but he's definitely a shark. So I just I. I just caution and please ask everyone to stop this trying to calm people down until we know more, because we learned a very significant fact yesterday that we had been, you know, lied to about Doogie. Yes, but this is also something we talked about. It was either on Tuesday, April 11th. So the people watching and listening to this can go back, find the conversation. It was either Tuesday, April 11th, the Tuesday podcast that me and you do Judd, or it was this collective conversation that all of us do on Thursday. So it might have been Thursday, April 13th. We went down this very path. Yeah. By the way, you don't become a billionaire without being at times a complete a-hole, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
There are very few good guys who are billionaires, right? Like, you need to ruffle some serious feathers along the way to reach that status. So, yeah, Glenn has some of that in him. Sure, the optics are horrible on this, right? That Glenn, in multiple interviews, said there is enforceable language. But we talked about it. That actual enforceable language was never viable. It just wasn't realistic. This is why Daniel E. Strauss, who, to use the football analogy, got all the way down to the five-yard line. We thought in August, Daniel E. Strauss, the one-time Grizzlies limited partner, we thought Daniel E. Strauss would be the new majority owner of the Wolves. He comes to town. He meets with Glenn. What rubbed Glenn the wrong way, I'm told, is Daniel had multiple lawyers with him. This is why Daniel had multiple lawyers with him, right? Dude, just sell the team. Just sell the team. Well, and go away. The hope go to Mankato. Was, yeah, just go live in Mankato. I mean, and he cares about uh, his legacy. He does. I think in an ideal oh, well. world, somebody <laughs> I locally think that ship has sailed. Well, maybe it has. <laughs> Glenn wanted to find a local owner. Like you think about the Utah Jazz, right? Yep. Smith, who talked to Glenn. So he had interest before completing the transaction with the Miller family and becoming the new majority owner of the Jazz. He talked to Glenn about potentially buying the Wolves. But it was perfect for Utah. That guy Smith is a Utah resident, right? Like Glenn would have loved for somebody locally to step forward. That never took place. On the idea of expansion, we cited this a few weeks ago, and it's not just Mark Cuban, the Dallas owner. There are some other people in the league that are hesitant, that when you think long-term about that national TV money, the pie that you split up, you would rather have one-thirtieth of that pie compared to one-thirty-second of that pie. Now, the expansion fee money is absurdly high, right? So if Seattle and Vegas, if we go from 30 teams to 32 teams, Mark Cuban and others can recoup a lot of you know the so-called lost revenue from, from the pandemic, pretty easily. But I'm just telling you, there are some that think 5, 10, 15 years down the road, hey, we don't need 32 teams. When we divide up all this national revenue, I don't want to have to divide it up 32 ways. I want to divide it up 30 ways. But I still think deep down, Seattle and Vegas are getting expansion teams. That Adam Silver opened that door enough in comments in the winter that I think that's the path to Seattle and Vegas Getting teams, but Jed, I'm with you. It's going to come to the point, and this I'm telling you, this is something we talked about in mid-April. Yes. But let's oh, yeah. reiterate it again. It we is going to come time. to the point yes. where Target Center is a bottom five arena. Nobody, I don't think anybody, even though that's an opinion, that's not a fact. Like I don't think anybody logically could debate the other side. Like it's pretty much a fact. Target Center is a bottom five arena. That A Rod and Lori are going to ask for a new arena at some point. From that point on. What takes place? That is going to be the most fascinating thing to follow. And unfortunately, or fortunately for those of us, you know, that, that crave storylines. Uh, so maybe more so, unfortunately, that's probably still, what, a good five-ish years down the road, four-ish years. I don't think it happens, you know, quite aggressively to the point of, you know, at this point when they take over for the start of the 23-24 season, I don't think all of a sudden, December of 2023, they are going to be asking, for a new arena, but at some point, 2024, 2025, maybe 2026, they are, I'm just telling you, I mean, it just, it makes all the sense in the world. That's the point that we're going to get to 
And how does the city of Minneapolis, how does leadership in the state of Minnesota react at that point? All right. So I will give you the exact parallel to for those who say, you know, expansion is going in these two towns. Uh, The wolves aren't going there. Calm down. There's nowhere to go. Okay, like because I mean, there's always somewhere to go, Judd. Right. Like Phil resides in Seattle right now. Talk to people in Seattle in a million years. Did they foresee the Sonics moving to Oklahoma City? There's always somewhere to go. Don't ever forget that. But but here's the out. Right. Because right now, I mean, Glenn is banking on the league literally stepping in and being like, you can't move. You can't go. Sorry. You guys bought the team. You're stuck there. Okay, so Norm Green's first choice for the North Stars, Anaheim, California, which is probably the parallel to Seattle right now as far as expansion went. Okay, the league said we've got this really successful film, the Mighty Ducks. We're going to expand there and we're going to get a boatload of money. But what we will do is, if you agree, part of the part of what we will do is we will not stand in your way if you can find a different town, which now which goes back to both of your guys' points, which is there's always somewhere to go. So if if they agree, okay, Seattle's out, they probably get a completely free pass without a new building here to just walk away. So I like I mean, this is all I just this is why I'm getting I'm getting so frustrated by this. And I mean, we have this when it comes to our sports teams as far as our players here. We have this when it comes to our teams. This this emboldened, they won't do that. They can't yeah. do that. It's never the case, I, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to add too, because I like where, where I differ a little bit from Judd is I'm not going to spend the next two years fear-mongering and losing sleep over this. Judd might, which is going to be hilarious and fun. Um, but like I, I but I agree in that it it just it it's not right and it's not fair to Timberwolves fans and the public to downplay the fact that uh, this team can move. Like you, you can't sit here today and I don't think you're doing your job as a local media member. If you try to just listen, everyone, everything is fine. Like there's nothing to see here. We can trust Glenn Taylor and his word. This has nothing to do with Glenn Taylor's word in two years from now. This is, this has everything to do with what Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie are going to want from the state and specifically the city of Minneapolis. So the way this will play out, is, you guys just laid it out. Whenever they take over a full full uh, majority ownership stake in this team, they're going to ask for a new arena. If the city of Minneapolis or the state of Minnesota decides, listen, we just have arena and stadium fatigue. We've put up like a billion dollars in public funding the last 20 years. Like we're just not sorry. we got to draw the line somewhere, right? Then they will say, Okay, uh, we hear you. That's fine. And then they're going to go to Kansas City. They're going to go to Nashville. They're going to go to Louisville. All these other cities not named Seattle and Las Vegas. And they're going to knock on doors and see if they can get. And people are going to say, well, but why would you go from the 15th market to the 25th or 30th market? Well, if you thought you could go from $200 million in revenue to 275 or $300 million in revenue with a new arena and just a different uh, maybe frenzied market where they're at, where it's a fresh start and the brand isn't tainted like it is here with the Timberwolves over the last 15 years. There are plenty of reasons. So I'm not going to spend every waking second and every day sounding this alarm, but it is an alarm that should be sounded right now so that people can be prepared for it. I wouldn't if I felt that I had more support. I wouldn't like we mislead the public. Du- Dukes does not. Dukes to Dukes to your credit from the day that I express concern you agreed and kicked in with why people should be concerned but i feel like i feel like our show especially 
gets left on an island of all oh, those guys. That's typical Judd. They're just, what are you guys talking about? And and um, if you think this league won't downsize markets, they went from Vancouver, British Columbia to Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> and as Doogie, you said, they went from Seattle to OKC. Um, those are two of the worst moves I've ever heard of in my life. And you know what? It's a pretty successful league. Yeah. Correct. I think in hindsight, Glenn would have been wise. Now, I always appreciate Glenn's transparency, right? I've always said Glenn is as open an owner as there is in professional sports. Forget just the NBA. Like, Glenn is accessible, right? So it's hard for me as a media member to be upset by that, right? Like, there are times over the years I've just I've put the quarter in the machine and just let him go. And he spews a lot of stuff. And a lot of stuff that ends up benefiting me and those who listen and watch us You're you know, that, that, that care about the Wolves and the Lynx greatly. All right. But I think in hindsight, Glenn would have been incredibly wise. Still do the interviews. I'm not saying shut up. Don't talk to us. Please talk to us. But he should have said, hey, you know what? I pursued finding a local owner. It never came about. Once they take over as majority owners, they can do whatever they want. My hope is they keep the team here in Minnesota long term. But once they're in charge, they can make any decisions they want to make. Hey, I'll voice to my colleagues in the NBA office. I'll reach out to Adam Silver others and tell them, hey, don't let the Wolves leave this top 15 media market. But I'm not in charge anymore. Once everything is is handed over to A-Rod and Laurie, they can make any decisions they want. I think that is what Glenn should have done, as opposed to suggesting with our mutual friend Chad Hartman on CCO Radio that there's actual signed documentation, suggesting as such with me as recently as last week. I talked to Glenn 10 days ago, Monday. It was whatever Monday was of last week, so... You know, not that long ago. That interview is available on on a recent Scoop podcast. You can go back and listen to it. So, you know, Glenn just, I think, could have done a much, much better job of of choosing his words. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'll just add, I mean, the, 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 reason, the reason why the Timberwolves are even in danger at some point with new ownership of being sold off is because the value of the franchise is bottom three in the NBA. And the reason why the franchise is a bottom three valuation is because of poor management that leads up to ownership ever since Kevin Garnett exited the franchise 15 years ago. I think they've got some things right with the front office. I think they've got a nice young nucleus, and there's some positive signs for the future. But we've seen positive signs a couple different times the last 15 years, and I just... You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too here, and it just kind of feels like Glenn. Glenn, there's a lot of wishful thinking here, and uh, as a result, he wound up lying to the public. Real quick here before we hey, get into let some me other add. stuff. So I talked to somebody that knows a lot of stuff yesterday on my drive-in. So they believe that the approval is going to come in early July. So at some point thereafter, uh, they haven't gotten far down the road, but they've. They've internally talked about a, a public celebration inviting fans, whether that's at Mall of America again, like the Jimmy Butler news conference or at Target Center, but to publicly introduce Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie. 
I just now with this layer added. Well, this doogie, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, let's hope that still takes place. Maybe it doesn't now. You know, twenty four hours later with all with all this new information. But I don't. I'll tell you what. I can't wait. America cheering a rod. No, I don't. I can't wait for that to happen if it does indeed happen. Amazing. Uh, he, what I want, like I said earlier, is for Glenn to get in his private uh, transportation, whatever it is, and, and make his jet. way back down yeah. to Mankato. Uh, but on the way down to Mankato, I would stop at PXG Southdale <laughs> Center, mm-hmm. PXG Minneapolis. Hey, Derek Holmes, hey. right? Derek the guy Derek that just Holmes, played in the PJ Championship. Yeah. yeah. So, so Derek Holmes is the head pro at PXG Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and uh, and he at one point after like. Uh, three or four holes. He was tied for second on Thursday, and then that that course is just impossible unless you're Phil Mickelson. So, but PXG Minneapolis is a golfer's paradise. The Gen Four golf clubs have landed. So whether it's drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons, whatever you need, these are hands down the best performing clubs PXG has ever made. And those clubs helped Derek Holmes qualify for the PGA Championship and uh, and perform pretty well on that first day. So if you want to up your game. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center is the place. PXG.com slash Minneapolis. Uh, Doogie, all right, let's let's um, let's let's do some Vikings OTAs here. So uh, we've touched on it a couple times this week, but what, what what's your thought on Daniil Hunter uh, not participating in the voluntary workouts here? Do you think that's a mutually agreed upon decision where, listen, this is my theory anyways. Hey, listen, they, they had a conversation two months ago. Stop deleting stuff, from Viking stuff from your Instagram. We love you, man. Like, we just have a million things on our plate. We'll get to your contract at some point. Uh, so if both sides are, are, are having transparent conversations, I would think both sides would say, probably not worth the risk for you to come out and blow your Achilles while we're in the middle of contract discussions. Um, I don't know. What do you think it is? I don't think the Vikings are overly bothered here on May 27th that Daniil isn't there. Not only has he talked to Andre Patterson, he's talked to others at TCO Performance Center. So, you know, I'm not suggesting they're all, you know, holding hands singing kumbaya, but those conversations have taken place. I don't think Mike Zimmer was taken aback, you know, that, that Daniil wasn't on the practice field on yeah. Monday. By the way, Zimmer has given guys off today through Monday. So they were supposed to be on the field today with the holiday weekend. He gave guys the next few days off. He'll see them again on Tuesday. What will be interesting is come, what is it, June 15th, whatever the date is, the mandatory mini camp mandatory, yep. in mid-June. Will Daniil Hunter be at that? And if he isn't, then the fines start to build up. And I'm just not led to believe that that he really wants to pay that fine money. So that'll be interesting. But as far as him not being there now, Not a surprise. Now, maybe in a perfect world, coming off, you know, a very serious injury, a very serious surgery, the Vikings would at least like to see him move around, you know, but but he's omnipresent, as you mentioned, on on his social media channels. They can see that he's down at Exos in Arizona, you know, working his behind off that you never need to worry about Daniil Hunter being in excellent shape. You know, but let's just see how this thing plays out. I predicted with Judd on Tuesday, a prediction I've made going back weeks that I think eventually the Vikings do take care of Daniil. But and that's I, more prediction. I'm not basing that on like this deep inside knowledge I have. I'm just I'm trying to read some some of the tea leaves. You know, that they realize how vastly underpaid he is. But hey, if they don't want to do that, you know, maybe he will sit out and, and start to pay those fines. Where I think you're you're right is until we actually see a, the team not pay a guy, especially in in July, 
um, or as we get towards the season, because this team, with the Wilfs at least, have been so good about paying guys. I, I think until we get to that point where Daniil doesn't have a contract, holds out, because we, we went through this, I mean, we, we've been through this song and dance with various players through the year since the Wilfs bought the club. Uh, but, you know, last year, Dalvin Cook, right? I'm done with the virtual stuff. I'm not going to participate. And we were all, I think, you know, rightfully so, like, okay, what does this mean? He got paid. I mean, this this franchise has found a way and has been so good about rewarding its young players. And and while this would actually be tearing up a contract, to your point on Tuesday, Thielen had the same sort of thing. So I, I guess in this case, shockingly, Judd Zolgad won't sound the alarm until it actually <laughs> happens and he doesn't get paid because the the history tells us that they do ordinarily take care of guys like this unless they're just so afraid that that neck is not good. I'm just curious to what extent do they take care of him? I don't think they're getting to the Joey Bosa money. I mentioned with you on Tuesday, Judd, I'll tell you now, Phil and Declan, that, that I'm led to believe from multiple angles that the Hunter camp looks at that Joey Bosa contract and says, what the bleep? Like, you know, maybe that's the outlier, right? You know, credit to Bosa and his representation. You know, the Chargers did what they did. You know, but that's like, that's off the charts money. So what is the happy medium? That the Vikings are not making Daniil Hunter the highest paid pass rusher in the game. So if that's the ultimate goal, I have a hard time believing that, but that they go higher. So where do they meet? Can they meet in the middle? It's always a weird concept to me when, like, you get it. You get into the nosebleeds of these finances, and like he makes what's uh, what's his cap number seventeen million this year. I think that's his and, average annual value for sure. And, and and then you know you're looking at the gap between seventeen million and twenty seven million. And I totally understand that that money is available to players, and so you're going to fight for it. But how much does your life really change? You know what are you going to do with twenty seven? You my can't man, do with seventeen. It's your image, your know, ego. Joey it. Bosa got paid, and you didn't. And by the way, you did sign that contract. I too. get it. Here's my guess: the Vikings are going to come in with an offer and say, "Boys, gentlemen, you signed this previous contract, so like it's your fault that you signed it. We are willing to play ball here, but it's going it's going to have to be, let's say, I don't know, average annual value twenty three. Is that fair? Well, I mean, like I think yeah, point, that would be fair, right? Yeah. So that's so, that's what I'm more curious about. But you're right. I mean, yeah. a big reason why I make the prediction that I do is based on this regime, this ownership group. You know, there's a history of them taking care of guys, including that's guys right. with multiple years left on their contract. Yeah, maybe Adam Thielen was the first in that regard, but it has happened. So that's why I think a player that is this important, you can make a case. Is he the second most valuable player on that team? Third? Maybe he's not number one, you know, although, heck, who is the most valuable player on that team? Is it Dalvin? Is it Kirk? But you can make a case to Neil Hunter is one of, what, the three most valuable players on that roster? He's for sure top three. For sure top three. All right, then you take care of a guy like that. You just do. here's Here's what sets him apart. He, like a quarterback, controls his own fate. Like, Jefferson's incredible, right? But he can't throw himself the football. He He's at the whim of the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. Daniil Hunter literally controls his own fate. And so that's the difference there is, is like, if you need a big sack, nothing's stopping him from getting it besides the opponent. It's not the quarterback throwing him the ball. So, yeah, yeah I think he's probably – I think when he's going well, 
he's probably top two. Yeah, uh, Dukes, let's get uh, some rapid fire scoops here. Any? I know that we probably slowed on the Twins trade discussions now that they have uh, become the hottest team in baseball, not named the Rays, just beating up on the vaunted Orioles. <laughs> so uh, I don't know any Twins things or any other things in your scoop bag that you can deliver to well, us. Well, let's continue the Vikings theme. So on Jeff Gladney, I checked or actually had somebody in our newsroom check with the Dallas District Attorney's Office. Let's just say without getting into all the minutia, there's still a long way to go for, for the Dallas District Attorney's Office to decide whether they are going to to press charges or not. So it's still going to take some time. You know, I think even if charges aren't filed, the NFL could ultimately still suspend Gladney for some length of time. So you think about the Vikings pursuing Bashad Breland, a pretty good free agent cornerback out there, although I'm told they just, they went too low. They offered him a one-year deal. I don't know if it was for the minimum or certainly above the minimum, but it wasn't for enough money. So if the Vikings are to land Breland, they're going to have to go higher, but that just signals that the Vikings are looking for some cornerback depth, maybe yeah. with the belief that Gladney is going to be suspended for some length of time at the start of the season. Is that two games, four games, six games, eight games, but that he could be facing a suspension. Cam Dantzler wasn't there yesterday. It was his son's birthday. So legitimate excuse. Two-year-old son. Mm, I, I want to hear, I, I want to hear from Judd here. I his need to hear from Judd here. His son's too. One, the kid ain't going to remember his second birthday. Second of all, <laughs> you only have X amount of chances to improve yourself as a football he player. He was there earlier I in mean, the week. Yeah. God willing, this, this young man lives a long and prosperous <laughs> life and Cam can see birthdays three through 33 or whatever he's going to. So yeah, let's, let, let's get the football. Okay. <laughs> let's, then, let's get back on that field. Yeah. And then Hercules, how do you say his last name? Is it Mata'afa? Mata'afa. He's back in Hawaii. Uh, excused absence. Even though it's voluntary, he went to the Vikings and said, hey, can I head back to Hawaii a day or two early? I'll make up what I need to make up. So he is going to make up whatever he missed yesterday somewhere on the on the back end. You know, but I'm that's done, where it's that that's too. where it's laughable, right? That it's voluntary, but he still felt like he had to seek out you know, coaches with the Vikings to to ask permission to go back to Hawaii. I thought a bunch of guys early. weren't going to show up too. What what happened to that that memo they sent the team? Basically, saying a lot of us aren't showing up. Well, I think that, I think the tax rates went up. There's, there's money at stake for for many guys. <laughs> That's what you send a memo. We're not showing I agree. up. The memo was yes, laughable. we are. Yeah, it is funny because like because a lot of, a lot of the workout bonuses are like aren't they participating in certain percentages of the yeah. offseason workout plans? Yes, which exactly. includes the voluntary workout. So. They build into the contract. Yeah. yeah, these are voluntary. Unless you want that fifty thousand dollar bonus. Well, that's that's another layer to, to Hunter, right? I mean, yeah. Hunter does have workout bonus money built into his contract, so he is sacrificing some of that bonus money on the Twins. Phil, all the stuff you've seen from from Morrissey, from from other national reporters, that's coming from other organizations, and I don't fault them for writing that stuff, but that's not coming from Falvey. And Levine, the, the Twins are not in a position right now where they're they're looking to sell. Now, could I see it getting to that point? Do the Twins have scouts out scouting single A and double A games? Will they be ready to go if the time comes where they need to be sellers? Yeah, they'll be ready. You know, they'll have reports on a lot of guys across many minor league organizations, but they're just not at a point now. You know, just you're not going to sell. Like, how often do you see sell trades? In May, we saw that trade a week ago. The Brewers move what a couple relievers to Tampa. 
for for an infielder like that was that was a legit baseball trade, right? That wasn't a sell off type trade. We just don't see selling in May. So the Twins have never contemplated seriously trading any of their pending free agents right now. But I still think it's very much an uphill climb that even with this 15 game winning streak against Baltimore, they have Baltimore here again in the next week or so. They have some games against the Royals so they can beat up on the Royals to to some degree that they can win a lot of these games over the next, you know, nine or 10 and get back to close to 500. It's still a heck of a climb to win the division or to be one of those two wildcard teams. So at some point, Derek and Thad are going to have to have that serious conversation. Is this roster, especially with the way they've been beat up, and inevitably more guys will will eventually go down with an injury, is this roster good enough to not only make the playoffs, but then to make an actual run in October? Or would it be wiser for us to sell, especially the pending free agents? Yep, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, there's really no downside to just waiting you know, the rest of June, just see what happens against some of these bad teams. You're going to wind up playing the Yankees and the Astros coming up, but uh, it, it is my, this is, this is sort of reckless, but somewhat educated speculation, reckless speculation that the way this usually works. And you know, this too, both you guys, uh, when you're leading up to uh, the deadline and in, in even like six to eight weeks out, the twins might not be the ones that are initiating calls right now because they, you know, they want to see what happens against the Royals and the Orioles. But other teams are probably putting feeler texts, emails, and phone calls in saying, hey, you know, we just want to get out in front of this thing whenever you're ready to give us Jose Barrios or uh, Nelson Cruz. We would love to entertain that. And then I think some of these reports that are coming out from J.P. Morosi and from uh, Fine Sand was more, I think, speculation. Uh, but my guess is those teams are contacting the Twins Asking about, hey, well, how would you feel, you know, whenever you're ready, you know, to deal Nelson Cruz, Jose Barrios, and the Twins are saying, well, we're not. Listen, if we don't win some games here soon, then those guys are all going to be on the table. I think that's where those specific names are coming yes, from. I think it's I, discussions. Absolutely, and that's literally the job of those in the front office to plant those seeds. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. you know, from opening day through the first twenty games. Yeah, maybe you, you wait a little bit, but yes, like you literally wouldn't be doing your job. If you're in the Toronto Blue Jays front office, if he didn't at least send those text messages. So, yeah, I'm positive the text messages have been sent, but I'm also positive the Twins are not seriously contemplating any trade right this second. Right. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson, named Scoop Podcast. In a lawsuit, in a complaint. <laughs> He's fa- this He's is a big day for you. I like appreciate this. Famous now. He's famous. I don't know how now. big it yeah. is, Judd. What's it? What's it get me? I mean, <laughs> I it's, it's a fun copy? talker. I'm not quite you sure. Print it's out the beyond that. and sign it for me. Best of luck, Judd. Oh, oh, and last thing. Yeah, Droogie, congratulations. Yeah. Big game last yeah. night. Oh, really? And I'm just telling you right now, Dukes. You didn't respond, but I'm just curious. You're the coach, right? I am one Droogie's of the coaches. Good. Yeah, I'm the second coach. Yeah. Droogie's good. I get that. But should we shop him? <laughs> hey, if like, you want to shop him to play up, value for him. Yeah, Laura might not like it, but I'm just thinking if we could get an arm, yeah, and and a halfway decent stick. It's just <laughs> just think about it. I know he's couple, your son. Couple younger kids, you know, right. maybe there's a five or a six year old out there yeah. that might not be ready for a couple years to play on that team. I'm but, not yeah. opposed to it. Let him play against the 12 and 13 year olds. He's ready for that at 10 <laughs> years old. Yeah. So yeah, if the return is is decent, 
hey, I'll even go in the package. Like if that team wants my knowledge, although they might, you know, give me the the middle finger and say, we don't want you. Like you stay with with your team right now. But yeah, no, kid had kid had a great game last night. Three innings on the mound, only gave up one hit, only gave up one run. The run was, I guess technically I wasn't keeping score, but based on one error being committed uh, to allow the runner to advance to third base. We'll we'll check Judd's scorebook, actually. Unearned run. And yeah, he had three RBIs. He ripped the shortstop. He swung at a horrible pitch, though, a second at bat. He was so eager to hit the ball Mm. because, because my mom was there. Uh, for the first time, so he was so eager to put on a show for for grandma that he swung at such a bad pitch and ended up falling out to the first baseman. But otherwise, had two rock solid Joe Mauer hard hit singles right up the middle, drove in three, and we won seventeen to eleven. Wow, look mm-hmm. at that! That's uh, so the bo- so the other pitchers didn't do their the job other pitchers did not do their three. jobs. No, no. Let, let's no. let's name them. Well, no. Let's throw in their fact, names out. Let's shame them. In fact, I won't by name, but maybe I could throw the the first coach under the bus that that Drew was not at his pitch count. Right, like he still had another twenty to thirty pitches to go. Rocco. We could have put him out there for the fourth inning. We took him out too early. Yeah, yeah. Rocco. Yeah, the main manager uh, pulled a Rocco. He pulled Drugi too early. <laughs> you know what? I heard Drugi might demand to trade himself. You might. No, he's he's no, he's uh, he's got my low maintenance, you know, even keel type attitude. He's not like his mom, high maintenance agent though. That's what he needs. <laughs> and I say that because I know Laura's not listening. No, no agent. Oh, Jeff. No, oh, no, man. I'm not into paying 3% commission or 2%. No, no, I, I, I have enough workable knowledge. I'll take care of the contract. Okay. All right. That's Darren Doogie Wilson, five eyewitness news and the scoop podcast. We'll see you next week, dudes. Okay. Take yeah. it easy, boys. Have a good holiday weekend. Enjoy a weed free summer at the lake. Courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Yeah. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. All right. Love it. Reckless speculation. Love it. Um, quick shout out to Federated. So uh, Federated's been been helping business owners in the Twin Cities for over a hundred years. Based in Owatonna, they're one of us, and they give you peace of mind. They give you risk management resources and tools, and you can find a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. Um, Federated, where it's our business to protect yours. Real quick, just a quick a quick recap. Actually, I think we hold on. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get we're getting deck back. back. Yeah, there we go. We're, we're coming back. Don't worry. It's fine. Um, it's your show. So a couple quick things, just real quick. I know we just we just beat a dead horse there with the Glenn Taylor stuff, but any to me, like anyone who sits here and just puts their head in the clouds and goes Pollyanna and says, "There's nothing to see here. This is all just you know you're trying to generate engagement for ESPN.com." You know, listen. Glenn Taylor is one of the worst, if not the worst, on the down low. He's not evil bad, but he's one of the worst owners in American professional sports, period, okay? And until he is out, I would rather roll the dice on a pair of owners that might move the team for the hope that they can bring some innovation and some fresh thinking to this thing 
and and maybe the Wolves can compete at a high level, which they haven't in what seventeen years at this point. Then to have Glenn Taylor own the team for another minute. That's where I'm at with this thing. And it just kind of it kind of pisses me off that more people don't say that about Glenn. Like, just say it. He's a terrible, incompetent professional sports owner. Yeah. Well, and but I mean, let's let's also con- consider the the very important factors that go into the conversations about Glenn in, in this town. Like Duke said, I mean, he is a reliable, good source for people. I know as a guy who tried to cultivate those type of folks on the Vikings beat, once you get them, you don't, you're not going to turn on, on them quickly. You might eventually have to, I did, but it's not going to be a quick process. The second thing, Phil, I, I mean, we, we don't talk about this probably enough, but the biggest newspaper in the state is owned by Glenn Taylor. So, like, if you're looking for, I mean, God bless Patrick and Chip um, and all of our friends at the Star Tribune, but I'm sorry, you know, they don't have the ability, they're, they're not going to get the go-ahead to write what they probably would like to about Glenn. Yeah. And so, the thing that frustrates me, and, and I feel, I don't want to, I'm going to sound condescending here, and I don't want to, I really don't want to, okay? Um, the thing that frustrates me, and I mean, you're you've been my partner for a long time and we're sort of in the same boat here um, because I feel sensibility wise, we share a lot of the same things. Um, But it is the whole, like, look at the score North guys, fear mongering, trying to get clicks, trying to get, no, that's not you. We approach this job. Like it's a major market, which it is. Okay. And I'm sorry. we, We got enough experience and knowledge on this show where we're just not going to say, oh, the team's being sold to Alex Rodriguez. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I would say that we look beyond what the team press releases tell us yeah, to think but, about, right? But, like, I, but, but I also feel like there's a pushback in this town then to try and minimize us as being as being clickbaity or or trying to uh, cause fear. That's not my goal. I just said, Daniil Hunter, I think is going to get signed here. I think that's going to get done. Because why? Because the precedent of what the Vikings have done with the Wolves say he will. Um, the Wolves, you just pointed out and laid out exactly what Glenn has been about. And he he did lie here. I mean, he clearly thought it would be easier for him to try and sort of um, skirt yeah. off with people because he never thought it would get out with people yeah. thinking there's an a- agreement in place. So, again, I'm not I don't want to sound like I am trying to minimize how people think or feel uh, or patronize them. But that being said, like you have to look at how this is unfolding and be realistic. I think that's the thing. We don't, I don't know why we don't like to be realistic. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Not great. You guys suck. No, actually we don't suck. We're just talking about who Kirk. No, I mean, we might suck, but it's not because we think Kirk Cousins is an average, slightly above average quarterback. Oh, and we do (laughs) suck in some ways, but I mean, that's, that's where, that's where I I, I almost feel like um, a lot of sports fans and there are a lot of good ones too, but I feel like not a a lot's the wrong word. I feel like there's a faction of sports fans that almost need to be talked to or retrained in how they feel about things in part because I'm going to come back on us. A lot of the media in this town have trained you to think happy thoughts. It's all going to be fine. Sometimes it's not fine. And I think sometimes when when you're a fan and maybe sports are an escape, you just want happy thoughts. 
And, you know, listen, we give plenty of happy thoughts on this show on Purple Daily. But if there's a scale of like, you know, if there's a happy thoughts spectrum, when when we are keeping it real, so to speak, or giving or giving an opinion that might not be all pie in the sky happy about a player or an owner or whatever it may be, it's certainly not as dig your claws in negative as you might see in New York or Boston, but like relative to a lot of what you see and hear and read in the Twin Cities, which is very much like don't want to step on people's toes. There's a lot of, you know, sort of cheerleading that happens. I think it gets framed up as being negative when it's really just being, you know, real or somewhere in the middle, right? And, um, you know, you said it, you know, it's like it's tough for the Star Tribune because they're owned by Glenn Taylor. It's tough for, uh, I would say it's tough for K-Fan in some cases with the Vikings because, that's their biggest partner, right? Like, that, you know, there's going to be certain things where, like, they just... Now, would we love to have a partnership at some point with a big... You know, we've got Minnesota United at Score North, and that's awesome. Um, um, but, like, it makes it harder when you form those partnerships. Uh, the the ESPN with the NBA and some of the China stuff that came out last year, it was really hard for, for ESPN to cover that story. Yep. So, I don't know. Anyways, I hear you, and sometimes... Uh, Sometimes the truth hurts, and I just don't understand why we can't just tell the truth about Glenn Taylor as a professional sports owner. He's terrible. He's terrible. Just say it. It's a fact. He's but he's one of us, Phil. Come on. I mean, he's just <laughs> a Mankato guy. But he saved the franchise in 1994 from moving, and that's great. Thank you. That was almost he's, 30 years ago. We he appreciate is about that. to sell the franchise to uh, Alex Rodriguez, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, boys, let's uh, you, well, uh, on-air production meeting here. Do you guys want to do a uh, little old tweets exposed, or do you want to dive into a little wild first? I know you guys exhaust. I've got some takes. Let's do some I, awesome I think we one. should. I think the whisperer yeah. should be given the floor for his hockey takes because his game seven prediction has a chance. Yep. Um, <laughs> listen, the hockey whisperer, the hockey whisperer doesn't really have control over the things, the visions that pop into his head. Sure. But before the series started. <laughs> The Hockey Whisperer told you that this would be a seven-game series. Hold on. That's the, the, that this would be a seven-game series. Yes. He sensed that Kevin Fiala would be playing well enough going into Game 7 <laughs> for a Game 7 overtime winner, Correct. which we will see tomorrow mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, my God, that was a great comeback performance last night off of that debacle second and third period where they're hanging on for dear life in Game 5. And I think Cam Talbot has been – there's been a lot of – you know, there's the the Fiala performance was good. Um, Kaprizov has had a couple flashes here and there. But I think Cam Talbot is the main reason why the Wild have extended this thing into a Game 7. He's just been excellent. Now, it helps to not have to face like 40 shots last night. So the, the whole team did a better job of just of just keeping Vegas out of – uh, odd man rushes and and just like five minute extended stretches where they're just you know cycling the puck around in the wild zone, but uh, the hockey whisperer likes how this thing is playing out. Let's just put it that way. And you don't want to deal with the Minnesota Wild in a game seven historically, especially when you've been up three games to one. We know how this ends historically. Undefeated. <laughs> what did the whisperer? Full disclosure. What did the whisperer? think of the game last night from an aesthetic standpoint, because that was two periods of very hard to watch hockey. It was very effective. 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, did, did you get bored? Did you get, I mean, that was not an up and down. This is fun to watch free for all. How, how did you feel about the game itself? Like outside of, of the fact that you're pleased the wild won? it was grimy. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I, the hockey whisperer likes himself some playoff hockey. The hockey whisperer is, I, I like is, how he's is, not, <laughs> like, so is, so is Phil there when, the whispers there. I, I mean, do do you guys hang? Phil was watching Knicks Hawks, and the whisperer was watching ah. uh, was watching the hockey game last night. Interesting. <laughs> Declan had had a very astute um, observation on our Ventline show last night. When at the end of Ventline, he predicted that Phil Mackey would melt down about Glenn, and then chimed in. But the whisperer is this weird calming influence. Like he is <laughs> like the whisperer shows up, and he's like totally. here's the other thing about uh, meditative hockey whisperer. He senses a pucker factor for Vegas. Now you got You got to like, look at the dynamic going into the series. Like if Vegas is the higher seed, Vegas is in a championship window right now. I mean, Vegas is expected to compete for a Stanley cup, the city of Vegas, the fans, like they got a little taste a couple of years ago and they've got a chance again this year. They are expected to be in the mix to win a Stanley Cup championship. The Wild are a year early. This is all. I mean, you know, you know, we would like to see them. We're apply a little pressure here. Don't just get swept out of the playoffs. But uh, now that they're here, and now that they've put up a fight, and we're going into Game Seven, Vegas has a lot more to lose if they lose this game than the Wild. I mean, if the Wild lose this game, everyone's going to stand up and be like, you know what? Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. I'd rather have seen you win Game Seven. But what a yeah. fight! And what a great young nucleus going into the next season where maybe you can actually do some damage, a couple off-season tweaks. So this is house money tomorrow night in Game 7 for the Wild. Oh, We're going to get a loosey-goosey. You like that? Yeah. Uh, a loosey-goosey wild team that, um, that I, I, I mean, listen, Hockey Whisper is already on the record once saying Game 7 overtime winner. He feels even more strongly after what we've seen in Game 6 that the Wild will win this game tomorrow night. Third consecutive year as well in the playoffs that the golden Knights have blown a three, one lead <clears throat> two years ago, first round, the sharks skate, uh, the sharks beat them in San Jose in OT in game seven last year in the bubble, they blew a three, one lead against the Canucks and, and the golden Knights subsequently did win the seventh game. Mm-hmm. But the point being, so, so going back to when the wild hired Boudreau, Phil, your point, because his game seven record at the time was what, what was it, like one and seven or one. And eight? it was really bad. Yeah. And your point was, and, and it's true game sevens are coin flips. Uh, but here's, here's the thing. So I've come to agree with you. And I think it's pretty much a commonly held theory among smart sports fans. Momentum doesn't really exist from game to game. Like the wild didn't get on the plane and go, we got the momentum now. Um, so, I don't think that the game tomorrow night is going to start with with the Wild having any type of decisive advantage momentum-wise. Now, I think it can shift in games, but I don't think it carries from game to game. But that being said, I've decided what I used to think was momentum is actually mental, how you're mentally wired. And by that, I mean, if this was the third consecutive year that you were up three to one in a series and you keep blowing these things, you're going into that game thinking, we did it again. How did we do that? Like we were, we had two games to close this out and we didn't. And I believe that is very much a factor. And this, this all goes to a firsthand account of what we've seen with the twins. 
which is those losses mean nothing. No, actually, they do mean something, and they're in your head. So I don't think it's momentum, like the Wild's going to come out and they're going to be skating and the Golden Knights are going to be lost. I do think that if you're the Wild, you're thinking what Phil just said, which is house money, we feel pretty damn good. And Vegas is thinking, oh, my God, we're at home again, and we've done, we've blown another lead. I think that's an actual factor at faceoff tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And it's, it's also nice to see because Kevin Fiala can disappear sometimes and be kind of weird that way, but he's he's showing don't, up. Hey, don't say anything bad about Fiala. Well, I, don't know if, I don't know if disappear is the right word. I, I think okay, it, I, uh, he can take his foot off the gas pedal yeah. sometimes and put it on cruise control yes. for certain chunks there of the go. season. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It was it was a, a much needed performance from him last night. He he deserved it. He one hundred percent deserved it. He deserved it. He deserved it. He deserved it. One hundred percent. He uh that feed on the on the on his the the first goal, the assist mm-hmm. he had was just a ridiculous feed. And yep. then he and then he finishes. They don't he have many a, finishers on this team, but he's definitely one of them. But they completely completely mucked up that game as much as possible, and it was brilliant. And and I told Dex this. The most important thing was, and I know fans get mad at the refs. You know, ref, you suck. You didn't call this. You didn't call that. When those referees last night made it very clear they were not going to call a thing, the Wild could do whatever they wanted to slow the Golden Knights. And if we get that same type of officiating in, in Game 7, which is pretty much swallowing the whistle from the faceoff, it is advantage Wild. Because that last night to me was an ode to the 2003 Jacques Lemaire team, which is this is going to be really sort of boring. Um, it's not going to be fun to watch, and we don't care. Because if we if we start to try and play Vegas's game, they're going to lose. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Muck it up. Do what you got to do in Game 7. But uh, ultimately, I think a little a little seasoning of Kaprizov <laughs> in the first period, maybe a, maybe maybe two goals in regulation, yeah, and then uh, Kevin Fiala in overtime. Is that the whisper talking or you? That's the whisper. Oh, okay. okay. That's the whisper coming through right there. All right, I like yeah. it. So, all right, good stuff. You can find, by the way, just uh, in-depth, deep-dive breakdowns from these two guys, Judd's Hockey Show, Mackie and Judd Podcast. If you just want Judd's Hockey Show, we have a podcast feed just for those episodes, too. And uh, Wild Ventline last night, late into the night. It's been super fun just having people jump. I saw Tyler Fornis from Climbing yeah. the Pocket, noted football us. nerd, comes Big in. Big fan. And uh, hangs out with and you guys last night, too, so check that out. recommended me this, like, red wine tequila, which I'm very curious Ooh. about because I'm not a wine guy. I don't like wine. I, it's my least favorite alcohol in the yeah, entire world. Yeah, but you're going to be 30 soon, and then you'll oh. just start to eventually... Red wine tequila. The Mackie and Judd show well, is looking for a new executive producer. Yes. Our last one died of alcohol. Dude, I had a. I, I told you guys, I think off mic, I had a. I had what's called a dirty claw at a dive yeah, bar a couple I'm, days ago. I'm, I'm flying out to Seattle. It's not good. Yep. Mason jar, two claws, and vodka. Yep. Very refreshing. Thumbs up. Oh, my God. Like, I needed to go yeah, to bed that, 45 minutes later. Get that guest bedroom ready for this three-day weekend because I will be there. I'll How'd be the there. wife do, though? I mean, she's a slight person. How could, could, could she drink the whole thing? Tolerance is 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 on par with mine. Well, not quite on par with mine. But, yeah, she well, I'll put this, She conked out before I did. So we walked back to our Well, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is like she's not. A, I mean, I, I don't want to say you're big. But two thirds of the show is bigger than I mean could play yeah, off no, the line. Yeah, you've got. Uh, I'd one, be a tackle. You'd be a guard. One of us looks like a capital letter I, and the other look like you know a capital letter B and a <laughs> capital letter G. What are you gonna do? Uh, all right, uh, Declan. Every single week brings to us, and it's presented this week by our friends at Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. 
Tweets from the archives, old mm-hmm. tweets exposed, and I'll tell you, if you're looking to get away from your old tweets, maybe hop on a Harley. Maybe hop on, uh, I don't know, some sort of uh, sport bike or metric cruiser. Mm-hmm. You'll find what you need with any of those bikes and more at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day, and shipping is free for orders over $89. They are the best in the business. We appreciate that they support us. People ask, like, what's the best way to support you guys? Support our sponsors. Dennis Kirk is one of them. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. All right, Declan, what do you got here for us? Okay. Shame us. Well, we had, a, we had a little outfielder theme, and Phil and I have some takes on that. But actually, I have to expose Judd for a tweet that really isn't that old, but it, it's worth exposing. I'm sorry, uh, sports dad here. May 1st, 2021, the Blues aren't, going to, aren't only oh, going yeah. to make the playoffs. They're likely going to make some noise. They are absolutely built for the postseason. The Blues were swept in four oh, you, games. You, by took the out, you took out my last part, unless they play the Avalanche. You did. Uh, you took out that part. You <laughs> no, you must have part. edited it out and put a. Th- this is photoshopped. Oh, this, this is fake exactly. news. Photoshopped. Fake news. Yep. Nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Fake Clickbait. news. Clickbait. Fake, fake news. news. All right. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. good. I mean, that's a good, solid leader in the clubhouse there. That's a good. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's a good start. Just an immediate. It's not even an old tweet exposed. It's just like an immediate slap yeah. on the hand from a tweet from two days I, ago. I deserve it. Okay. So this next one from Phil isn't necessarily too damning on Phil, but it's beat writer Phil covering the 2011 Twins, and we oh were talking God. about fourth outfielders yesterday. Oh my! God. So on April 27, 2011, Phil <laughs> tweeted, I asked a high-ranking Twins <laughs> official this spring about possible under-the-radar guys. The first name he threw out was Rene Tassoni. <laughs> Listen, I'm just reporting, yeah, you're just reporting the news. It. This says more about that high-ranking yes. Twins official yes. than it does about... <laughs> Me or maybe your high-ranking twins official might not be the source you want to be talking to either. You never know. Who did you talk to, no. Glenn Taylor? I'm trying to think of who the high-ranking. Well, also, look at that flex by me. By the way, yeah. this tweet is translated into "I talk to people." Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm. Yes, I, asked I have sources. Ranking, I'm trying to think of who that high-ranking twins official would have been. It's one of two people. One of them still works there. I know exactly who it is. One of them still works. There. I know exactly. One who, of them does who not. You're talking about. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And just although I, th- I still think Judge the leader here because mine oh. was it wasn't my old tweet. It was I always go last. Tweet. Yeah, if you because, had said uh, no, I really wish it had been you know keep an eye on Renee to Sony. <laughs> I've been watching him. Like if you had turned it into your own, mm-hmm. that that would have gotten you. All right, All right, well, Declan. I always self-report, and there's a lot of takes that I have also in the similar timeline that Phil did. And the time of this tweet says a lot, too. 4.52 a.m. on December 8th, 2012. Honestly, Mastriani should start in center. He could be a turd there, but it's better than (laughs) wasting the development of Hicks and Joe Benson. And I think Joe Joe Benson Benson is who I mentioned here. Joe Benson was a hot prospect. Okay, Okay, what were you doing up? I don't know. I, I was an insane insomniac in college. Like I, I had all late afternoon camp. classes. So I you're, had just, you're classes. just waking up at 4.52 no, just I was not, rifling off wasn't waking up. Tweet. I was awake. I hadn't gone to bed yet. 100%. But what, but what prompts you? So whether you're <laughs> still awake or you're up early, like what at 4.52 a.m. prompts you? By the way, on December 8th, so the twin season's been over for yeah. months at this point. Right. What prompts you to just rifle off this hot center field take? I don't know. I was probably 
awake at an obviously awake at a crazy hour and i just decided to so this would have been a wednesday morning tweet and it would be close oh you know what you know what i'm doing the math this was finals week at st cloud first semester this would have been finals week so i was probably up cramming and then i got distracted on baseball reference which was a normal thing that i would do when cramming (laughs) so that's probably what happened here and yeah i was probably maybe even looking at 1500 espn phil mackie tweets and takes and stuff so i I wonder this would have been right around the winter meetings i would i would have been at the winter meetings um probably reporting on various things or just just drinking who did you think was going to see this or exchange thoughts on darren mastrioni at 4 52 a.m on a wednesday morning would be my question i gotta say i think we have a winner here Declan at 4.52 a.m. Yes. tweeting how Darren Mastriani should be the twin starting center fielder. Definitely wins this one. One of Bunny's best customers now. Last time <laughs> yeah. I checked. Last he's time good. I was there. I think he's in, uh, he's in finance. He actually, uh, he sent me a DM on LinkedIn uh, a few weeks back. Just like, because I know I covered him and we had a good relationship. That's and he a, just was checking in drop. to say hi. That's a major dropper. He actually, um, I think my I think my bartender, Bunny's Brian, told me he was also into woodworking. No, like he does a lot of really good, like, like he's talented. Him and Glenn Perkins get together. But he's and... a... Yeah. How's Perk doing? I haven't got, I haven't talked to Perk in a few months. I haven't talked oh, to Perk in a few months. He ha he has trimmed down, man. He looks good. Yeah. Well, he, uh, I think, I think the first couple of years after his retirement, we're very much, uh, experimenting with the IPAs on yeah. a regular basis. That'll so, happen. You know, if it's weight loss, if, if it's weight loss or, uh, punt on IPAs. I'm just gonna stay fat. <laughs> I'm like that, but with wings. That's what it does me yesterday at the local. You know, Don hates wings. Oh my god, I Dawn love. Don absolutely hates wings. Did you discuss this before you got married? I didn't. Re- you know what? That's what, I, that's the type of bombshell that I yeah, would not want to hear after getting me. married. Yeah, I feel like I feel like in 1992 and then three when we we got married in April of 93, wings weren't as big back then as they have become now. I feel like now there's more types of wings and it'd be more of a problem now but she hates them and i, I find wings just to be a delightful really enjoyable i'll tell you i would never vouch for these over actual bone in wings but you can find some good cauliflower wings out there for people who don't like actual wings you know just uh especially incre- just fried cauliflower with mm-hmm. buffalo sauce on it so, the incredible uh, thing is how how many calories are in the boneless wings yep i looked at the calorie count one time because i love those Oh my God, it's, it's enormous. You got to go yeah, bone in. At, you got to go bone in at most a normal. If it's known for its wings and it's a dive bar, bone in, bone in every time. Every time. Bone in. If you find a good dry rub, I'll tell you the best dry oh, rub the dry in the rub. Twin Cities, and this is not a paid uh, advertisement at all, but Monte Carlo yes. is their dry rub. Yep. Is oh, really? Ridiculous. And a Manhattan, yes. too, if I uh, do say so myself. Good Manhattan yes. there as well. I will also say Thanks, that. Thanks, Dean Martin. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, boys, Um, you can find, uh, once again, wild discussions every single day here until until they decide they're not playing anymore. So hopefully they'll win game seven and give us another week of fun discussions. That's a wrap on today's episode. Tomorrow, action movie rewind, Rush Hour, the mid-90s. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. 
TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 and until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.